1: Support for
0: this podcast is provided by Subtruck Law. Revolution Recap thanks Subtruck Law for their support of our show, local independent media, and their mission of bringing unbiased truth. Revolution Recap would also like to thank Six Point Builders for their support. Six Point Builders are builders of fine, custom homes in the Boston metropolitan area. Welcome everyone to another episode of Revolution Recap. We have a bonus episode for you today, brought to you by our friends over at the Blazing Musket. Seth Maycomer talks to Caleb Williams of Apple TV, who will be on the call of this weekend's game against DC United. They discuss their early first impressions of the Revolution and what they expect from them uh, coming up this season. So a good conversation to get you ready for this weekend's MLS opener. Before we get to them, we want to le- just let you know uh, about our friends over at the Rebellion. They will be having watch parties for the MLS season opener. on on Saturday. Uh, check it out at nerebellion.org for more information but those locations will be at Bolin's Bar and Patio in Worcester and Flynn's Irish Pub in Mansfield. So again, go to nerebellion.org to learn more. It is open to all supporters, not just members of the Rebellion. Also, we wanted to tell you about our sponsor, Bet BetOnline. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all of your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year and of course MLS soccer. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in- in-game live betting contests and all the best player props experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile device so head on over to bet online today to become part of the team and remember to use our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit that is promo code believe b-l-e-a-v for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts all right it's seth Maker from the
2: blazing musket it's a new season of major league soccer we are once again joined by an uh, MLS Apple personality. This time it is Callum Williams, uh, someone who has extensive a uh, career broadcasting this league, sporting Kansas City, also Minnesota United. Now with the league, now with Apple, he will be on the call this weekend along with Kalen Carr when the New England Revolution faces D.C. United. Callum, how
1: are you today? I'm good. Thank you for the introduction there, Seth. Going way back, way back to the sporting Kansas City days, there aren't too many people left in the league that know that so i i appreciate the introduction
2: <laughs> i had to get the information right because i stumbled over some of the words that's the least
1: i can do I at least get the information right <laughs> no you're you're grand mate you're grand it's it's been a long old time actually that i continue to think about it actually this is my 14th year covering major league soccer um and i remember coming over here when i was 21 to be the voice of sporting kc i left the bbc and got all sorts of um uh, abuse for doing so, but it, it turned out to be the best decision of my life, really, because it meant a move to the US and and discovering the beauty of North American soccer and also the chaos of it. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 been great. It's been really really good. And now, as you mentioned, with Apple TV after uh, six wonderful years with Minnesota United, another club that's really close to my heart. But um, it's been good, mate. Apple TV's been really really good, and and I'm excited to see you know what what the season has in store for us. And as you mentioned, starting how uh, they Field on Saturday.
2: Yeah, and you've been around for a long time. You've seen a lot of different versions of Major League Soccer. It feels like we're in an era that's very, very exciting. There's a player named Messi who's a pretty high profile. A lot of people know about him. But I just think in general, we're seeing a lot of uh, talented players, young players, some skillful players. What are you most excited about as we head into this 29th season for Major League Soccer?
1: The thing is, Seth, I'm I'm really, and I did a piece on uh, on the radio in the UK yesterday, a radio station called Talk sport, and and I'll say the exact same thing I said to, to them to you. It's just the trajectory of the league and the sport in this country. We all kind of knew those of us degenerates and diehards that have been in it since uh, not not day one, but but for a long time. We we kind of always assumed and thought that it would go like this, and and we would get to this stage at some stage. But I don't think any of us thought we'd be here this early. Um, and so having somebody like Messi here obviously changes the whole trajectory of it, doesn't it? You know, and, and it changes um, the perception for some people. But but I'm just excited for some of the young players that continue to make their way over to the league. Yeah, it's always great, obviously, having players like Messi and Suarez and Busquets and what have you. But honestly, for me, Seth, um, I'm a big South American football nut. I covered the Copa Libertadores for, for three years and did three finals and... Saw a lot of really young, exciting South American players. So anytime I see some of those players licked with moves to MLS, that's when I get excited. Um Pedro De La Vega of the Sounders was somebody that I'd seen uh, for Lanús. And so got very excited when I saw he was coming. Thomas Chankalai. Uh, I have done his games when he was playing for Racing Club. Um Tremendous business by the Rebs to bring him in. Uh, and obviously he did so well that they thought they'd bring him in permanently. So... Um, yeah, I'm. I'm very, very excited. It's um, it's a league that I think honestly, if you put this league just about anywhere in Europe, and it wasn't, it wasn't situated in North America, if we can make that happen somehow. Um, I don't think people would would think twice about calling it a top ten league in the world. If, it, if this league was situated in, let's say, Belgium or Austria or the Netherlands, so many people would view this league so much better. Um, and and I think we're we're getting there across across world football, and but. I don't particularly care what people think about the league in England or Europe or what have you, but it's it, it's such a good league now. Um, I personally have no issue calling it a top 10 league in world football. Um, there are so many leagues around the world that would kill to have what Major League Soccer has available to it. And so um, I'm just excited again. And look, the Apple TV partnership is at the centre of that as well. There are so many leagues around the world. A kill for a partnership like this, so it's it's fantastic to be a part of. Um, but I'm once again, Seth, I'm just excited for another season in Major League Soccer where really none of us have any idea what to expect and what's going on. I mean, who on earth would have crowned Columbus Crew as champions last year? You know, they've done wonderfully, Wilfred is a genius. Um, but nobody going into the season had Columbus Crew as champions, and dare I say, we'll have something similar again this year,
2: Palom. You mentioned it. Everything this season for Major League Soccer is going to be on uh, MLS season pass. Uh, This weekend is free, and I'm sure I'll mention it again at the end of the um, the, the, the podcast here. But really important for Revolution fans that they know that this weekend's game is free. But even if you uh, don't know that, you should probably get the whole pass, right? There's so many opportunities to watch so many great games. Uh, You also mentioned the idea that someone like you, someone like me, we're a little bit of MLS sickos. We've been watching this league for Mm -hmm. a very long time. Uh, Last night, we were watching cocky-calf games, uh, taking in the New England Revolution down in Panama, taking that 1-0 win. What did you take away from that game from the New England Revolution perspective?
1: Um, You're right. We are sickos, aren't we? Because whilst everybody else in the world was watching Messi in Miami, we were watching the Rebs playing in Panama. (laughs) Um, So, look, I think um, what I took away from it, Seth, was that it was a very resolute, a very disciplined performance uh, from the Revs. I thought it was a situation that um, it, it gave them a, an element of structure. Um, I'm very excited to see what, you know, I mean, we're not going to see a proper iteration of it until a couple of weeks' time, I'm sure, but I am very interested to see what a Caleb Porter New England revolution looks like, because honestly, for me, this is... Um, it, it, it's gone under the radar a little bit, his, his appointments, um, because there's, what, eight new head coaches in the league and, and some of them are, um, you know, with all due respect, to Caleb of bigger names. Um, and so his appointment's gone under the radar a little bit. But actually, I think it's one of the most astute pieces of business uh, that we've seen in Major League Soccer uh, this off-season. He's a championship-caliber coach. He's won MLS twice with two different teams in the space of five years. Um for me, I think New England Revolution, that they're going to be a playoff team again. They have all the tools at their disposal. Um, I I think, in my opinion, Seth, the Rebs are legitimately just one piece, maybe two pieces away from being towards first place in the Eastern Conference, if not challenges for MLS Cup. Um, the big question really, well, there's, there's two questions really at the moment, aren't there? It is, so the the, the new goalkeeper, Ravas. We don't know. We have to wait a few weeks, I guess, to see what, what really his quality level is because he's got some gloves to replace, doesn't he, Petrovic? Um, and then the other question really is, is Giacomo Brioni going to be the goal scorer that the Rebs need? Because the supporting cast are marvellous. And my word, had they have added Albert least, by the way, um, I think the Rebs would have been a completely different proposition. So... Um, Obviously, that deal didn't happen, which is a shame. But it's it's not like the revs even needed someone like that because Wolfi comes back as well. That that three supporting cast behind Briani is going to be absolutely sensational. providing Carlos Hill, uh obviously, stays clear of injury, and uh, and he's the player that we we know he is. And you know, so I'm just excited to see what the revs can do this year. Because uh, honestly, for me, I, I do think they are the Rebs always go under the radar, um, for whatever reason. But for me, honestly, I, I think the revs have to be considered one of the focus groups in Conference this year. You
2: mentioned it was really interesting because obviously we saw some turnover in the coaching staff, and in the front office, Bruce Arena leaving. But in terms of personnel, it's a lot of the same players. They bring in Nick Lima, they bring in Ravas, they bring in um, Mensa, but it's a lot of the same type of players that we've seen in the past. Yeah which isn't necessarily a bad thing because the team was second in the Eastern Conference until that late kind of breakdown that happened last year. You mentioned the idea of bringing in a player or two, and they might be a player or two away. Let's put you in the seat of Curtin If you are the GM for this team, and we've recently seen that this team is um, trading away some assets in order to get general allocation money. And we also know that they came very close to ad- adding Albert Elise, right? That, Like you mentioned right yeah. there. If you're the sporting director, if you're Kurtinafo, where is the area that you're looking to improve? Or is it more like wait and see what happens during this early part of the season?
1: Yeah, I think it's the latter, Seth, to be honest, because I think the revs are, are so strong right now, at least in the starting eleven. Uh, for me, I think it's it's a case of wait and just see what's available because, you know, I I'm hearing some names over the um the world footballing sphere, if you will. Uh, that are very, very ready to make a move to Major League Soccer. Uh, and these are not, um, these are not names to, to sniff at, by the way. These are, are names that I think once they're done playing um, in the Euros, once they're done playing in the Copa America, they may very well fancy a move to Major League Soccer. So um, I think also um, the, the, the one area that I would say, uh, like I kind of insinuated a little earlier also, the one area that is um, it, it's sort of up for debate but we have to wait. Is that centre forward role for the Reds? I think Giacomo Brioli has has earned the right to to make it his. Um, but the question is, how long do you give it? You know, nine goals in all competitions last year. And uh, I was doing some number crunching this morning. Actually, I think I think myself and Kaylen Carr saw about six of them. Actually, so I I didn't realize he hadn't scored that many until I was doing the numbers this morning. Um, I just assumed it was a regular thing. Um, but. He, um, look, he comes in with a, with a good pedigree and when he was playing at TSB Teichol um, uh, in, uh, in Austria, um, he, he was scoring goals for fun and, and so um, I, I think he deserves the right, he deserves the opportunity of a couple of months. But then if it doesn't start well, if it doesn't go well over the course of, you know, when does the window close? April, I believe, late April. Um, maybe then that's when the revs kind of start thinking about making a summer move of some sort um i just think soccer is a very very attractive league now Seth. um every time i go back to, to the uk there's people asking about it and i'm not just talking about mates in the pub i'm talking about <laughs> premier league footballers i'm talking about um agents who are asking you know what's it like i've got a couple of players that are thinking about it um and i've said before mate it's it's akin to the championship in the uk and by no means is that an insult um Championship was voted top eight league in the world, I believe, a year or so ago. Um, and in some um, cases, MLS is better, in my opinion, as well. The training facilities certainly are. Um, so, going slightly off topic here, but, but for me, I, I do think... Um, I think the Revs just perhaps need to wait a little bit. But isn't it saying something that Caleb Porter looked at the group and said to himself, I don't think I need to add too much here. As you mentioned, brought in Nick Lima to to cover for, for Brandon Guy, which, by the way, <laughs> back to shining, by the way, because Nick Lima, it wasn't too long ago, he was playing regularly for the national team. He started 25 games for Austin last year, and I know it wasn't a great year for Austin, but there's no way someone like Nick Lima is going to come in and accept being a backup player. So that in itself is a testament to how strong the rev's team is this year. So very, very interested to see him And like I said, Seth, I think they have to be considered one of the top three teams in the East right now.
2: Yeah, you mentioned the idea of Giacomo Veroni, and I think that's the name that a lot of New England Revolution fans are talking about. Uh, I asked Caleb Porter last night how things are going with Giacomo Veroni, and he said, uh, you know, it's going to take some time, that he's doing well right now, and that if you look back, there really wasn't an opportunity for Giacomo Veroni to get a consistent Uh, stretch of games with everyone on the field. Uh, And this is his opportunity to do that. And I think that exactly what you said, that he deserves an opportunity to to show things off. And you also mentioned the idea that this is now Caleb Porter's team. And we're trying to figure out what does a Caleb Caleb Porter, New England Revolution side look like. And I've been kind of posting that uh, we're seeing things like balls on the ground a little bit more as opposed to aerial balls, although we certainly saw some of those last night, cutback balls. I also thought we saw a little bit more from Giacomo Veroni in the air last night. Uh, You know, he had that header that hit the crossbar. We also saw him have that one that went off his uh, head that became a primary assist for Chancolet's very well-taken goal. So it makes (laughs) me wonder if if we're going to see a little bit different of a Giacomo Veroni, because last preseason, if you go back, He really wasn't getting a lot of time with the first-team players. So even during preseason, that wasn't happening. But it sounds like he has the support of Caleb Porter. It sounds like he's going to get the opportunity. So I agree with you that it makes sense to have a wait-and-see type of situation with a player like that.
1: Yeah, I hope so, because as we said, I think he's deserving of the opportunity. But but also the thing is as well, Seth, I mean, look, what we have seen in Major League Soccer as well is that things can change very, very quickly. All of a sudden, you know, let us let, um I mean let's play a little bit of uh game here. Let's let's be uh, chaos insinuates for a moment, shall we? And let's just say that, you know, Leonardo Campana has had enough of sitting on the bench at Miami. And all of a sudden, you know, I, <laughs> if I'm the rebs, I'm well <laughs> if I'm half the teams in Major League Soccer, I'm very interested. But um if I was New England Revolution, I would absolutely be looking at the possibility of bringing somebody like that in. So um it, it, it just depends. MLS is so fluid. The window, to my knowledge, doesn't close until I think it's April 23rd or 4th. Um, so I think there's opportunities to bring people in, but but they have to be the right people as well. And, and Caleb Porter said this before when he was at Columbus Crew, but I just want to bring in players just for the sake of it. They have to be the right players. And so, I, honestly, like I said earlier on Seth, I think his appointment has gone under the radar a little bit. Um, but I, I'm very interested to see, after a couple of weeks, what a New England Revolution, Caleb Porter side look like? Um, you know, is it going to be um, a little more rigid? Is it going to be um, free-flowing? Is it going to be sort of counter-pressing? I tell you, the game on Saturday is going to be very, very interesting against DC because we spoke to Troy saying earlier today. Um, and I think um, given what he accomplished at, at Red Bull, um, I think all of us in the media were quite surprised he didn't get the job full-time. Um, but he was saying he was, he was you know, um, prepared for it, uh, told us he interviewed for the Revs job, um, interviewed for the Charlotte job, which I, I don't think is, is breaking news. I think it was obvious. Um, but uh, DC uh, gave him the opportunity. Uh, Ali McKay and him, I guess, hit it off straight away, which, which, which is great. Um, but I, I think his style of football um, is going to be very much that Rasenbull type of football, that high-press um, no nonsense, um, sort of making um, making the opposition backline a bit uncomfortable, and so I'm interested to see how how Caleb Porter addresses that. If indeed that is you know the way that he plays, that's certainly the insinuation. Um, you know, is it going to be Farrell and, and Romney at centre half? I don't see why it wouldn't be. Um, but how comfortable are they on the ball with um, let's just say it's Cudi Pietro pressing at them as, as quickly as, as he can? Um, the new lad. Um, uh, Peter Andy, who came in from, from Santos, I think is eager to prove a point as well. And You know, how quickly can can they get the ball away from someone like him, you know? So I think the Rebs, um, the last thing I would do if I was Caleb Porter is play out of the back. Um, but we've seen stranger things in Major League Soccer. So we'll, we'll wait and see. But I, I think this game against D.C. United, I know it's only the first game, but I think it's a really tough challenge for the Rebs.
2: So, Calum, you mentioned it. You're going to see this New England Revolution team up close and personal this weekend on Saturday at 730 it's gonna be an interesting one because obviously on Wednesday, the revolution played. DC United not in that situation. After the game, Caleb Porter said that he's going to assess his team, that there probably are gonna be some players that are ready to go, but there also probably is gonna be some rotation. I'm curious from your perspective, who's a player that maybe you're looking for? I know Eshmir Barak is a name that a lot of people are talking about right now. Sounds like he could maybe get the start because Nacho Heel started on Wednesday. Ian Harks being a very talented player, son of John Harks another player that I'm pretty high on, as well as uh, Noah Bach, someone who's getting interest over in Europe. So there are some options on the bench. Who's someone that you might expect to jump in this weekend and do well for the New England Revolution?
1: Yeah, everybody that you mentioned there, Seth. Uh, I think Barak Taravich coming in is is an obvious one. I was surprised he didn't start actually down in Panama because the way Caleb Porter was talking about him in the press conference that I'm sure you were in, um, it it kind of insinuated that he was going to be a regular first-team player. And I think he will. Um, maybe Caleb Porter just wanted to give Nacho Hill an opportunity. I don't know, but um, what would agree as well that Noel book and, and um, uh, Harks would come into the centre of midfield. But again, like it, it's hard, isn't it? Because I, I wouldn't necessarily want to drop either Kay or Polster either, because they're both a handful. Um, I'm a big fan of Mark Anthony Kay. I, I, I don't know anyone that, that doesn't like him. Um, the other one, which I think um, perhaps we need to start thinking about, I wonder if Jonathan Menser comes in at centre half um you know there's a lot of miles on the legs of of good old Andrew Farrell um he's not a young whippersnapper anymore is he uh Romney's thirty as well um but I, I just wonder if if Andrew Farrell or, or ronnie in that sense I guess um make way um, and Jonathan Mensa comes in obviously he's somebody that Taylor Porter rates very highly uh, worked with him at Columbus crew um Bought him in from um, from San Jose after a season uh, in Northern California there, um, and at the age of 33, this is why he's on the roster: is to come in and fill these gaps in these types of moments. So um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, I have no insider knowledge on anything there, Seth. I'm just um, merely speculating, but but that that wouldn't surprise me at all if um, if Jonathan Mensah came in and started at centre half.
2: Yeah, It's an opportunity for some of those guys to prove something. Henry Kessler uh, coming back from a mild hamstring injury. uh, Maybe he's ready for some minutes this weekend as well. But obviously he's had hamstring issues in the past. So do you really want to rush him in that situation? Uh, You watched the game last night. I'm really curious. uh, When you call a game, it's interesting, right? Uh, Sometimes you're doing it solo. Sometimes you're doing with a partner. I remember I was talking to one of your colleagues last year, and he was talking about how one time uh, a bird came into the press box uh, during a game, and it was a really hard situation. Uh, Last night, there was a great commentator that was on, George D. Metellus, I believe his name is. Uh, and he had some a little bit of fun with the pronunciation, talking about how Mitt Romney is a distant cousin or a relative of uh, David Romney. Uh, also talking about how Bobby Wood uh, is no good for defending uh, defending uh, opposing defenders. Uh, I'm curious, Callum, you've done this for a very long time. What are some fun stories that you have about calling games? Whether it's something that was unexpected, or maybe uh, you got razzed a little bit for you know not saying the right name or miscalling or mispronouncing the name what happened in your career that's a little bit of fun of a story
1: well a few things before i get into a story um number one uh you, you won't and i apologize to the, the revs fans that enjoyed george last night i know george because he was a part of the uh, the libertadores commentary team that i was on a couple of years ago and he's a uh, an excellent broadcaster, but um, you, you won't find any any rapping or any political references in my commentary, unfortunately. So, <laughs> you know, I might have to disappoint a couple of revs fans there. But um, pronunciation is a big one for me, Seth. I, I think it's um, I, I think it's borderline disrespectful if we're if we're not saying players' names the right way. Um, you know, I, I, I think um, I think because at the end of the day, in my opinion, as broadcasters our primary objective is to deliver correct information. And if you're not saying someone's name the right way, then technically you're delivering incorrect information. Um, and so I also have a friend of mine whose name I'll, I'll, I'll spare for the moment um, in England here. He was commentating on, um, on a premier league game and uh, there was a player that came on, 18 year old player that came on for their premier league debut. And he, um, he had, um, he had done the research, but wasn't entirely sure on his name. Um, and so the player came on, um, I think it was from West Ham, I think, 18-year-old, scored on his Premier League debut, or, or FA Cup or something along those lines. Either way, it was his, his West Ham United debut. And my pal um, completely and utterly butchered his name. Um, and his family were around the television watching, and there's a horrible story of... I think it is uncle or something that that was was watching the game. And he said, you know, it was an amazing moment. Incredible. Everyone's so happy that, uh, you know, my nephew has scored a goal and, and what have you. Um, but unfortunately, it's always going to be slightly overshadowed by the fact the commentators have got the name wrong. Um, and I don't ever want to be that commentator. You know, I think it's incredibly important. I think it's incredibly important to to also pronounce the the names that the players want it. So it doesn't matter if, if there's an English version of it. Um, we have to respect family names. We have to respect tradition. Um, and we, we as MLS Apple TV commentators, got into a bit of a debate about this on Monday when we had a sort of an all staff meeting, and um, we all agreed that it's um, it's best served for everybody if you say the name the way that the player wants it said. Um, and so, for example, that there's one that, um, that that I learned uh, during the course of the meeting, um, player that now plays for Orlando, had several years at Seattle, uh, Nicholas Lodero. For years, people were calling him Lodero, and he had done um, an audio pronunciation where he said himself Nicolas Lodero. But actually, his preference is Lodero. So moving forward, he is absolutely going to be Nicolas Lodero. Um, and so, I just think it's important. It's a sign of respect, you know, to, to get players' names right. So it's also a basic fundamental of the job of being a football commentator as well, in my opinion. But um, but in terms of in terms of stories, Seth, I mean. How long have we got? I mean, there's there's been there's been a handful of of situations that were very uncomfortable. Like I'll always remember going. Actually, I remember ironically going to DC when they played at RFK Stadium, and there was a wasp nest in the corner of the commentary box. I'm not entirely sure there were too many commentary teams or away teams travelling at that stage. That was back in oh man, it must have been 2011, 2012, um, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, we had to get um the pest exterminator or whatever into the building to get rid of <laughs> get rid of the wasp nest otherwise we weren't gonna be able to do the broadcast so that was that was an interesting one um I remember when I was about 18 years old I was doing a commentary on Shrewsbury Town away at Grimsby Town and that was League Two at the time, I believe. In, in Grimsby. And I was in radio that day so the, the press box in Grimsby um, it's, uh, it has, um, two tiers. The top tier is all the written press. The bottom tier is all the radio commentators, which are spaced out appropriately. And, uh, one of the, uh, one of the, <laughs> the poor newspaper journalists that day, um, said he was feeling a bit, a bit sick. He didn't feel particularly great. And I think the offering of food that day was something like an egg sandwich, you know, something to really settle the stomach back, you know? Um, and so, um, we were... Uh, I, th- I think maybe about 90 seconds from going on the air. So there's myself, um, there's the uh, presenter, the, the radio host to my left, there's the uh, my co-coms to the right of me. And um, yeah, I think we're about 60 or 90 seconds away from, from going on air. And um, the uh, I was doing the game for uh, local commercial radio um, in, in the town of Shrewsbury and um, the local BBC radio commentary were to the left of us. Above them, Unfortunately, it was the chap, the newspaper journalist, that said he wasn't feeling very well. And so about 90 seconds to go on the air, all of a sudden we hear um, a bit of hurling and a bit of heaving. And this newspaper journalist vomited everywhere, including in front of him, which meant the BBC local radio guys that were already on the air got a load of vomit on the back of their heads um, and all over the place. Whilst they were live on the air, Um, and we're as I say, 60 to 90 seconds before we're going on the air, Seth, I am in bits. I'm in pieces, laughing. It's it's unbelievable, you know. And uh, so that that's one that springs to mind for sure. Um, There's been several over the years of Major League Soccer where we're doing a game off tube, and I remember doing a game off tube that was at Columbus and the Columbus Crew uh television truck that we were taking the feed from. There was a fire in the truck, so we lost the feed. And uh, we're turning around all of a sudden, talking about the game that's going on. all of a sudden, myself and my co-coms, Kindra, the game comes on behind us. And just, <laughs> just complete chaos. Just complete and utter chaos. But um, we're all good fun. You know, it, this is why we love live broadcasting, you know, because of the the unscripted raw nature of it. Um, particularly in, in in the games as well. Um, studio shows can be a little bit more um, managed, I think, but certainly live commentary, there's there's nothing quite like it. But I, I had a, a situation recently at, at CBS, actually, when uh, we, were, we were doing something um, on the the Azo network, which, by the way, I recommend for anybody that's a soccer fan in, in the US to, to have a look at it because it's uh, a service unlike anything we've actually got in, in the United States in the sense it's a 24-7 soccer channel. But, um mm. We uh, we were doing a show and there was all sorts of, of topics that we were supposed to do, and all of a sudden, Kylian Mbappe decides to announce that he's going to Real Madrid, uh, or at least the reports started to circulate. So um, everything was abandoned, and that was very much live TV on your toes. Uh, but good fun, Seth. It's almost like an addiction. Live television is, you know, and live broadcasting. It's um, it's a thrill. It really, really is. And uh, you know, I'm sure I'll. I'll think of some more stories one day when we have a beer or two, but uh, those are the ones that I can think of right now and that they've all been hilarious to be involved
2: in. All right, last thing. It's prediction season. I think it's probably the thing that we hate the most. Everyone's kind of mm-hmm. like, put you down, give us your top things. I'm going to ask you just a few questions. Just give me yes or no. Uh, you can give me an explanation, but we just make this nice and quick. Uh, do you think Messi wins an individual award this year, golden boot or MVP? Oh, yes. Does Inter Miami win a trophy this year? No. Does the New England Revolution make the playoffs this year? Yes. Did the New England Revolution win a trophy this year?
1: Uh, Well, you're killing me with that. Um, No. (laughs) I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) Does Carlos Heal return to the New England Revolution next year? Yes. Hey, not bad at all. I think those are very good. Just got, got to hit you with a few of them. You know, not too many. I think this is a common <laughs> common thing that, you know, this is a tough one to do. But you're a great sport as always, Callum. I appreciate you taking the time. This weekend, you will be at Audi Field alongside friend uh, Kay- uh, Kaylin Carr for the game against uh, DC United. Uh, The New England Revolution, starting their MLS season down there in Audi Field. And you can watch it for free on MLS Season Pass. But, of course, sign up for this entire season. Watch all the games, all the chaos, all the fun. Be an MLS sicko just like me and Callum. Callum, thank you so much for joining us. Thank
1: you, Seth. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks again to the guys at the Blazing Musket for helping produce this episode. And also thank you again to our presenting sponsor, Online. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Thank you for listening and go Revs.